Hello, and welcome to Real Talk. I'm Susan Raff, and this is my very first podcast. And the reason I came up with the idea for a podcast is because I've met a lot of people over the past 25 years here at Channel 3, and a lot of people have interesting stories to tell, and you don't often get a chance to hear some of those stories. And a lot of times I meet people, and I come away saying, wow, I didn't know that, and that person really is fascinating. And I thought it'd be really great to have people on to find out what makes them tick, what gets them going every day. Some of the people you may know, some of the people you may not. And my goal, obviously, is to have you come away thinking that you've learned something and maybe enlightened. So without further ado, and let's get right to the podcast, I want to welcome my very first guest, Rodney Butler, who is the tribal chairman of the Mashantucket Pequots, aka Foxwoods. And if you didn't know him or weren't too familiar with him up until now, over the past few weeks, well, I think that's changed quite a bit. And because of two key words, sports gaming. So Rodney, thank you for joining us on Real Talk. Well, thank you, Susan. And, you know, and based on an introduction, I am incredibly honored to be your first guest. And it's a pleasure to be here. I'll, first, I'll say with Pequot, a greeting, a wiki, so a good day. And, and thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad. Um, you know, this is a big deal, right? Sports gaming, it is something that Connecticut has talked about for a long time. And how's it going? Uh, is it a lot busier now at the casino as it's kicked off? Yeah, so far so good. I mean, you know, this is only the first weekend that we've had. And so uh, we considered that a soft launch, essentially. We didn't do any major marketing around it, although the press event we had last week, it was a great celebration. That was actually unintended. We were just going to do a quick soft opening and then do a big deal when we have our permanent facility open in a few weeks. And then it, it, it struck me that, like, this is historic. <laughs> it's something that we've been working on for almost a decade, and we got to celebrate it. And so having having the press there and having the governor come down to the ceremonial first bed, it, you know, it, it, it you know, made it into the event that it was supposed to be and a great celebration, not just for the tribes, uh, but for the state at large, considering the, the jobs and revenue that's going to kick back. I hear you've been a persistent negotiator. I think the governor had said you even <laughs> sent emails to him in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, uh, look, it was emails, uh, text messages, you know, he, he's an early riser. Uh, and so I appreciated that. <laughs> I'm, I'm up every morning by uh, by 4.30 and he, he's up shortly thereafter. And so we've had a lot of early morning dialogues, you know, some uh, some cordial, uh, some frustrated, uh, but ultimately we're able to work out a deal uh, that made sense. So it was, it was a great process to work through. Right. Tiring at at times, but it was, it worked out. And I know the online part of it is a bit delayed, but it'll be there. Yeah, it'll be there. And, and when we say delayed, and you know, the headlines that came out yesterday, I was getting all kinds of feedback from my community saying, oh my gosh, it's delayed. It's delayed. I'm like, delayed is in a matter of days, not months, right? We're, we're at the finish line here. And remember during the legislative session, I would keep saying we're on like the one inch line. We're almost there. I mean, we're like our toe is in the end zone and we're starting to celebrate and do our, our, our touchdown dance. So, I mean, it's delayed by a couple of days. It'll be fine. I mean, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks from now, people will look back and they'll forget about the launch. They'll forget about the, the quote unquote delays and they'll be happily placing bets for or against the Patriots or whoever their favorite is. You know, you mentioned, you know, a ceremonial and it really was, uh, you know, I was there uh, at Foxwoods uh, last week. And uh, you kicked it off, really, 
with the victory song, uh, yeah. the gentlemen who were playing the drums. And can yeah. you tell me about that, you know, that your choice to do that? Well, we felt like that was that's the most important thing. When I started my comments and it was unscripted, you know, that my press team wanted me to talk about sports betting and the revenue that's generated and, and all that other great stuff that's going to come about. But but it hit me that it's really not about um, about sports betting and gaming for us. It's really about securing our tribal economy so that we can provide those critical goods, services and programs to our community. And so the celebration starting it with our community, because that's what it's all about, to me, felt like it was most appropriate to have the drum there and, and do the victory song and recognize our elders and our tribal council and, and the entire community that showed up for that event. Um, because I mean, people don't realize this, but first and foremost, we are a nation. I mean, everybody loves Fox, which is great uh, that we can showcase that. But ultimately, it's about the, the court system at Mashantucket and our police and our fire and our educational programs for our tribal youth. And that's that's the point of Foxwoods, right? The point of online gaming and sports betting. It's to, to be the fact we don't have a tax base like Connecticut does. And so um, it's it's what we can generate through our tribal economy that supports all those key programs for us. Right. And I think people may lose uh, sight of that sometimes. I mean, let's face it. I mean, casinos are big business. You're going to make even more money uh, with sports gaming. But, uh, you know, the Pequot tribe was almost non-existent uh, many years ago and things have drastically changed. Yeah. Yeah. I I speak to that regularly and we I call that our Pequot perseverance. Um, And I reflected on that last week as well. And it was a week post the 384th anniversary of the Treaty of Hartford. The Treaty of Hartford was signed by the colony of Connecticut at the time, the Mohegans and the Narragansetts, ironically, um, that said that Pequots no longer existed. We could no longer speak our language. We were, uh, you know, given off uh, as, uh, as, as slaves to the, to the colonists and to the tribe, and some went off to Bermuda uh, and, to the, and to the Caribbean slave trade. Um, and so to say that that's where we started 384 years ago to last week, you know, launching this monumental initiative for the state of Connecticut um, was a was a proud moment for us. And again, that perseverance and, and how we've endured for centuries to get to this point. Right. I wanted to talk to you also about, you know, our society is really changing about Native American names for sports. Uh, you know, and maybe Washington Redskins certainly was uh, the most uh, offensive to a lot of people. And I know Connecticut this year passed some legislation, which you mentioned uh, when we came to the casino last week. And, you know, I think a lot of uh, people don't realize that it can be offensive and maybe portrays people in a way that people want to break away from and Native Americans don't want that. And there is an incentive now for schools to uh, change their names. If not, there are some financial consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I, I've always taken a position, and you know me well, Susan, I'm like the eternal optimist, right? I see, <laughs> I see the good in everyone, and I truly believe. And I'm actually, I was on an advisory board with the Washington Redskins to look at their name and, and what they'll change it to. And, and um, I think everyone will be pleased with uh, what they've come up with. Um, but... I truly believe that when those mascots were identified decades ago, it was in this, at the time, it's because of lack of education. It was in the spirit of celebrating the strength uh, of, of native warriors and of, and of, of native peoples and not to, um, not to demoralize or, or attack in any way. So, I mean, and again, that's the perspective that I'm going with. So, so I think it was unintentional, 
And they just didn't realize because of lack of education to the point that you made earlier. People didn't even know that Pequot existed uh, or were still alive. And the last of the Mohegans was a story that everyone remembers, but they forget that the Mohegans have been sitting in Uncasville for centuries, right? Um, and so I think it was just this, this awakening and understanding of the sensitivities and through education. And that's why the Native Curriculum Bill that was passed this year is so important to realize, for people to realize who we are, you know, the contributions that we've made uh, to society, to Connecticut in particular, uh, and to appreciate us as a people. And that leads to awareness of how those names are offensive. And so it's been embraced. We, we've worked with several schools now uh, throughout the state of Connecticut, uh, and many have changed or in the process of changing their mascots. They're embracing the consultation process. They're talking to us, talking to the other tribes throughout the state. And it's been a very good dialogue with most of them. It really can be an eye-opening experience, but are all names the same? I mean, how do you, how do you go about... Uh, how, as a society, what names, you know, I mean, can we eliminate everything or what's really sensitive and what's not? Yeah. So the process that we've that we've been taking is that, you know, you have to engage the local uh, native community uh, that that you're that resides within your region. And so, you know, there's been schools in the northwestern part of the state that we've said, here's our stance. But you have to speak with Scatico to get their perspective on it. And so if they agree with uh, your school utilizing the name of one of their historical chiefs, uh, they'll decide how you can represent that in a positive way uh, and represent it, you know, respectfully. You know, I always I think of my good friends down in Florida, the Florida Seminole, right? The Florida State University are the Seminoles. They've embraced uh, Seminole culture. They work with the council down there to make sure that they're representing that in a way that the Seminole appreciate and uh and feel are respected. And so, you know, there's, there's no uh, one size fits all to this. It's just that, that ongoing consultation with the tribal nations to, to understand how they feel about it. And if they feel as, as, you know, Mohegan's going through this with, with my alma mater, Montville, right? The Montville Indians. And they're having this ongoing exchange of, you know, is it appropriate to keep the, the term Indian? Um, and if we do, how do we do it respectfully? And for, from our perspective at Pequot, that's up to Mohegan to decide how they want to uh, to handle that situation. We'll certainly opine on it, uh, but we defer to the local uh, tribal nation that's involved. I think you bring to light also that the casino has many layers. It's not as simple as, uh, you know, an MGM or, you know, there are many more issues and raising money and creating jobs and bringing back to the community of Native Americans. Yeah. And people no. may not always see that. No, I think people... Uh, that's a great, great example. People look at uh, tribal gaming the same way they look at com- commercial gaming. Commercial gaming is try it's it's you know capitalism, right? They're they're trying to generate as much profits as they can to distribute to their shareholders at any cost. Um, and the difference between them and and tribal gaming is that we're actually looking at it from a livelihood perspective in our communities and being you know good moral citizens. Uh, within the communities, and and we're attached to those communities because this, these are our homelands. Where if I'm a corporate uh, entity, and I'm just dropping into a random state that you know <laughs> I could care less about, you know, it, you're going to see that reflected in their values. And so it's just a different value set that tribes have when it comes to gaming uh, than, than corporations. Not to say that I have a lot of friends that are in that are in uh, commercial gaming, right? Great people, um, but it's just it's a different perspective. How did you become tribal chairman? 
Tell us about well, that process. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's a simple process, actually. It's we just have an internal election. Um, we're no different than the state or local municipalities. We have a governing council uh, at Mashantucket. We have a council of seven uh, members and there's a chair, a vice chair, a treasurer and a secretary and three at large members. And, you know, it was many years ago. This I'm actually this is my 18th year serving on council. Uh, and by way of Indian country, I'm a, I'm an I'm an elder <laughs> by far because uh, tribal politics aren't much different than uh, local or state politics where there's a lot of turnover. And so to say that I've been doing this for 18 years usually raises an eyebrow or two. You're making um, me feel a little better now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually, when I, when I, uh, when I graduated from UConn, um, you know, my degree was in finance. I thought I was going to be in investment banking and uh, I was really into the stock market and I was having fun in the late nineties with the whole internet craze. Uh, and when it tanked out for everyone, myself included, I realized I had to get focused and get a real job. And so I ended up being an analyst at Foxwoods uh, for a few years. And then uh, because we have a bunch, we, we've, been through several diversification efforts and we have other non-gaming entities. Uh, the council at the time decided to structure a board to oversee those entities, to focus on them, to make them profitable or to best of them uh, if they're not profitable. And so at that point, I was engaged a lot more directly with the tribal council and so in, over these entities. And in my interactions with the council, I, I realized that, you know, I, hey, look, I could I could do this. You know, I, I could give something back to, to my community. Um, and there was an opportunity that arose where uh, a counselor was stepping down. And at the time I was only 20, 26 at the time. Um, and, you know, many of my family said, Hey, Rob, maybe you should, maybe you should put your name in. You should run for council. I said, yeah, you know, I, I got a good thing going right now. I'm the chair of this board. I'm, I'm doing okay. And yeah, I'll put my name in, but if it, if it works out great, if not, then, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And um, I was actually, there were three seats up that year and um, I was the, the third highest vote getter. So I didn't like crush it my first election uh, and get in by a landslide. I just barely, barely got in. And, um, and it was quite a learning process. I mean, it was right in the early two thousands and we were just hitting the peak of, of the market here and go, headed into the first recession and, in, in 2004, 2005, just before the Great Recession in 2008. And um, we were going through our financial challenges and the opportunity arose once I got on council to become a treasurer. And, um, and so I navigated as treasurer through the, the Great Recession. And for whatever reason, the community appreciated that. And when the opportunity arose in 2010, uh, through some additional turmoil here at Mashantucket, the chairman was stepping down. Um, you know, the community called on me and said, Rodney, we'd love for you to be chairman. And that year I did have an overwhelming election and support from the community. And it's been consistent throughout. I've now gone through four terms as, as chairman. Like I said, this is my 18th year on council. My first six were as counselor and treasurer. The last 12 have been as chairman. And it's, it's been an amazing run. I've known you a, a pretty long time, right? And I've always, and I'm always learning something. I mean, I know that you went to UConn. I found out that you played football. Uh, but one of the things that I think people are interested in is that, you know, you are, are very, very passionate about your roots and being a Native American. And I always see you with uh, different jewelry, uh, different things. Uh, you're one of the few men I know who can pull off wearing moccasins, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, tell me about that. Was it something at a young age that you were very proud of or did you grow into that as far as being passionate about where you came from and your heritage? It, well, I've always been proud of it. Um, you know, my, my father raised me that way. I'm actually Pequot through my father uh, and who uh, my grandmother was both Eastern Pequot uh, and Western Pequot. Mashantucket is actually Western Pequot. And that's actually a split that literally goes back to uh, that, that 1638 Treaty of Hartford. Um, and so, you know, but, but again, when I was young, I wouldn't say I was passionate uh, about it. I was focused on academics. I, you know, as you mentioned, I played football at UConn. I thought I was going to be in the NFL one day. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, all those false dreams that, that we have as, as kids – um, but that, that drive us. So you need that. You need, you need to focus on something to drive you uh, to, be a, to be a better human being. Um, and so once I cleared the deck on all that, that's when I was really able to come back to the community um, and, and focus on that, that passion of the community at large. And really, um, as I said, originally I was into uh, the financial markets, um, but getting into tribal government um, you know, just forced me to embrace that, you know, 1000% uh, to with working with the community, uh, getting to understand better our culture and our history and, and being able to, to communicate that to the rest of the world. Right. Well, I would think that the Mashantucket Pequots and uh, Foxwoods are glad that you did not pursue a football career, although you can bet on uh, teams now. So, you know, it's the best <laughs> of both worlds, right? Yeah. <laughs> You've been great. And I think uh, I think people will go away learning something today about uh, what's been going on. I know we've been very focused about sports gaming, uh, but there's a lot more. And uh, I wish you lots of luck and congratulations. And uh, hopefully you'll come back. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Real Talk. That's it for today. Next week, hopefully, we will have another guest who, somebody that many people know, I would tend to say many people really do know her and actually adore her, who spent quite a few years in politics, and she has one heck of a shoe collection. So with that, we're going to leave you for this day, and we'll hopefully see you next week. Thanks for joining us on Real Talk.